everyone, this is Joel Pulliam, and um, I've, I started the 1st and 15th podcast about three years ago, and I, I kind of left it alone because I'm not really a big fan of podcasts, but I wanted to do one today because um, I just want what, I, I feel like a lot of people my age or my demographic, our voices aren't heard, and I just wanted to speak up on, on something that's really um, bothered me. Um, the the title of this episode is The Lost Ones, and um, it's really a tribute to, to the violence that's been uh, put upon, you know, black bodies, particularly young black bodies, either by the state um, or by other people in the name of white supremacy. Um, uh, maybe you haven't heard. I'm from South Carolina. First of all, I want to say that. And in my home state few days ago in Richland County, which is where I grew up, um, a 14-year-old black boy named Cyrus Carmack Belton was uh, killed by a store owner whose name was Rick Chow uh, at Shell Station on Park Lane. And um, the funny thing about it is, it's not funny, is that, you know, I know where this Shell Station is. Um, and so it's, it's kind of surreal, but... Um, what occurred was uh, basically the kid was in there getting bottles of water and the store owner thought he had stolen the bottles of water. Even though he didn't, he had placed them back in the refrigerator. Uh, I guess they had an argument and uh, Cyrus left, uh, left, turned his back and went out the store. And then Rick Chow followed him. And... Um, what happened next is that I guess no Rick Chow's son followed him, and then Rick Chow follows behind his son, and his son says, "Oh, uh, he's pointing a gun at me," and Rick Chow pulls out a gun and kills him. And what makes this such a tragedy, and a heinous crime, was that, according to ballistic records and according to the actual sheriff Leon Lott, um, Cyrus's back was turned. Yeah, he had he had a, a gun in his pocket or on him, but he had never turned to show that weapon or to threaten. He was running away and walking away from that situation, and was shot in the back. Um, and even if he had stolen water bottles, I'm gonna be honest with you, there's no object in the world that is worth somebody's life. And I'm kind of tired of this country from its from 400 years ago. We've always been worth an object, you know what I mean? Like worth, uh, whether it's, you know, our lives are worth cigarettes or worth a car or worth cattle. But in this case, you know, some measly water bottles was worth killing a, a kid, taking him away from his family, robbing the earth, this world of someone who could have changed it, not letting his story play out because you wanted to play God. And, um crazy part is that this isn't like some rare thing you know this isn't like oh some once in a life no this is happening more and more you know uh we all heard about Raph Yarl you know a few months ago uh who was I guess he was knocking on a neighbor's door to go find his siblings like knocked on the wrong door and was shot in the head and it's a miracle he survived right and then there's Adrian Murray you know, 11-year-old boy who's in, uh, from Mississippi. He calls the police because his mother is being beaten by her boyfriend. 
And when the police get there, they don't ask any questions and shoot him in the chest. And by the grace of God, again, he survives. But in Cyrus's case, he doesn't survive. And his mother and his father, his family, had to deal with that loss for the rest of their lives. You can't, you could, you could, again, he didn't steal water bottles, but even if he did, you could, shoot, you can go get water bottles. You can't replace a life. And I'm tired of this country acting as if black lives, especially young black lives, are expendable. And I think the measure of a country and a, and a nation is how they treat their youth. And if you can't protect your youth from this, you're not worth anything as a nation. Um, you know, there are people, all oh, they vandalized the Shell Station. Okay, look, I'm not for any vandalism. But who cares at this point? If you're more alarmed about that than black bodies being taken away, being killed, all in the name of white supremacy or white supremacy adjacency, then you know what? You're part of the problem. I feel like we've become like numb to this. And I'm going I'm to be honest. If it was a bunch of white kids being killed by other people, there will be a whole different outcry. Let's be honest here. And, and while there have been, you know, white kids who have been killed in terms of school shootings, and that's a tragedy in, in itself, and that's something for another episode to unravel with gun violence, I'm saying if white kids had been chosen particularly because they were white and were shot, there would be a whole different conversation in this nation. And that's just the honest truth. And I'm just tired of seeing black lives snuffed, man, before they even get a chance. And I think it it, it also comes down to, like, the structures, yes, systemic racism is a thing, obviously. And, and violent systemic racism has been a thing for 400 years. But even how everyday Americans see black kids, they see them as adults, they see them as older, right? Um, there's not sympathy for black people. And we just move on our lives. I'm not moving off of it. You know, and I and I think also, you know, I'm going to be honest here. I think too many people, even within our community, are silent when these things happen. Like, this should break your heart. You know, there's all there's a song lyric I'm reminded of, you know, you know, break my heart, Lord, for what breaks yours. This has to, you know, I'm not trying to get super religious with everyone, but I believe, like, a child being lost or any human, but particularly a child breaks God's heart. So it breaks my heart. And I just think people should be alarmed. You know, King talks about, Dr. King talks about maladjustment. You know what I mean? Like I'll always be maladjusted to those terrible ills of society. And it should keep us up, right? It's a never ending battle until the day we leave this earth. And so I just think like there has to be a change of conversation and a change. And we can't let off. And that's the problem, you know, the, the, the forces of evil or those who mean to do ill towards people, they count on those who are on the force or, or on the side of good to kind of let, let down and, 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 you know, move on to the next thing. And we can't do that anymore. Like, I'm looking for, for pastors. I think they're too silent. There are pastors in Columbia and Richland County who haven't said anything. I would think God cares more about that than... You know, what building you can build or how many parishioners you have, you know, like we have to step up. Um, I'll, I also want to talk about like past instances, right? 
because again, this isn't new. It's happening right now. You know, we've heard of Emmett Till, you know, um, that's probably the most famous of these stories or infamous, however you want to say it, because it's, it's a tragedy. But I'm also brought to think about the um, Birmingham Sunday school bombing back in 1963, right? Um, this is a, it, it comes after, right? You have the March on Washington. You have a summer where you feel like you're making progress. And again, white supremacy rears his ugly head again. Four little girls, you know, they were killed on a Sunday school bombing. You know, think how, how, how foul that is, right? Is that white supremacists wanted to hurt black people, hit them where it hurt the most, their children. Because everyone cares about their children. And to have no regard for four little girls, you know, that it shows the, the, the lowest form of evil. You know, even Dr. King, you know, when he gave the eulogy for these girls he said it's one of the worst acts of humanity right um this is what he said dr king he said you know he said he recognized that such a murderous act did not spring into being ex nihilo rather the killers had their racist ideology nurtured coddled and permitted in a society comfortable with notions of white supremacy and black inferiority and that's where the problem lies, right? Where do you get off thinking that, hey, I can kill a black person and get away with it? Like, I have no remorse, right? And there are even hard conversations. I'm all for diversity, but I, I obviously. But when you look underneath, white supremacy doesn't only, only have to be done by white people, right? The, the bidding of white supremacy. Um, it harkens back to uh, Latasha Harland, right? She shot in the back of the head, and the Korean store owner, whose name was Soon Jadu, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, you know, she was sentenced to like probation for shooting that black girl in her head and killing her. And people forget that was also part of the reason why there were the L.A. riots. Not only Rodney King, but Latasha Harlins. And there's something to be said of white supremacy is so strong that even other minorities, especially when, when people immigrate over here, some are taught to believe that to assimilate, you have to buy into that too. That the foundation of this country where black people are at the bottom has to be the reality and that in order to assimilate, you have to do the bidding of white supremacy, basically. That in order to be adjacent, that means black people have to be beneath. I'm not saying that for everybody, but I'm saying it does happen. And in this case, it looks like it did. And so those are the hard conversations also we have to have. Like, we could be kumbaya, and I believe in that peaceful world. But I think in order to reach that dream, you have to face reality of what is right now. And so, I want to leave you with this passage from King's Eulogy. And this is in regards to all the black bodies. All the black from 
Trayvon Martin, all the children, Latasha Harlins, Cyrus Carmack Belton, all of them, and then even the ones we've never heard of. He says this, Dr. King. He says, and today, as I stand over the remains of these beautiful darling girls and boys, I paraphrase the words of Shakespeare. Good night, sweet princesses. Good night, those who symbolize a new day.